0: It's easy to be skeptical of sayings like, be all that you can be, and set your goals high and don't stop until you get there. But there is a reason those sayings exist. There is some truth in them. Every failed attempt is just one step closer to success, and there is no telling what we can do if we just put one foot in front of the other. You probably know this for yourself, or you know someone who has met a goal through hard work and perseverance. I'm Emily Morgan.
1: And I'm Mike Morgan. And in today's episode of The Grand Life, we talk with two women who have achieved separate but intertwined goals. One is a former executive turned filmmaker, and the other is an author, linguist, and now a record-setting rock climber. Both are grandmothers, and both are living proof that if you can dream it, you can probably do it.
0: We had Melissa on the podcast several years ago when she was talking about her first film, Beyond 60, about extraordinary older women. And we're happy to let our listeners know about her newest project that highlights the life of another extraordinary woman. Melissa, welcome back to The Grand Life.
2: Thank you. It's, it's like old
0: home week. It feels great. <laughs> I know. It's so good to talk with you again. And we're excited to learn about this new
2: project you've been working on. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect to see out of this. Well, you can expect to see another documentary film hopefully very, very soon. Um, It's once again has taken a little bit longer than I anticipated. Uh, The name of the film is Climbing Into Life, and it is the uh, extraordinary story of a woman who lives in California. Her name is Deirdre Walonick, and um, she has become the oldest woman to climb El Capitan in Yosemite. But the backstory w- is the amazing part. She is uh, a little bit younger than me. She's seventy-two, and she uh, she's an intellectual in in every way. She's a an artist. Uh, she's a musician. She's an educator. She's a linguist. She's a writer. I mean, she has done so many intellectual type pursuits in her life that it's amazing. Hmm. And she never really had the time or the energy to even think about anything athletic. And it just so happens, now some of your listeners will know this name, her son is Alex Honnold. And Alex Honnold was the star of a movie that won an Oscar in 2018 called Free Solo. And it is a documentary about his life and how he was the has been the only person to climb El Capitan in Yosemite with no ropes, no equipment, just his shoes, his shorts, and his t-shirt.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're fascinated by this story, partly because we just watched the documentary, Free Solo, and we were on the edge of our seats the whole time, but we Googled to make sure that we had to assure ourselves that he was going to be okay. But that didn't help me much anyway.
1: It is, it is very difficult for me to watch a film like that, even (laughs) knowing that the outcome is a good one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I My husband too. He's like, Oh my God, I can't, my hands are sweating, you know, (laughs) but you know, so it's just interesting that I bumped into Deirdre online on uh, social media.
1: Really? And
2: just, you know, when I put the two together that she was the mother of, this kid alex Honnold, and i had seen the film three times um i was like oh my gosh cuz i i always said when i watched free soul i'm like where did he come from yeah. where did this kid come from yeah. who are his parents how did he grow up and so i meet his mother and she says to me you're a filmmaker oh I am so interested in telling my story. I've written a book about my story, but I think it would make a great film. So she and I met a couple of years ago and (laughs) and it's kismet, you know? So we started to talk and it's just amazing to hear how she went from what she was doing every day to now being the oldest woman to climb El Capitan. Now, I will tell you, she climbed it with ropes, as you can imagine. Yes. You know, and oh, her, yeah. her son, She's
0: not going to do free solo. <laughs>
2: right. Her son led her up there. But it's an amazing story. And, you know, her history is amazing. Everything about her is amazing. Uh, and and it makes for a great story, just a great story of resilience and telling people that no matter how old you are, you still have opportunities to try new things. Maybe not as drastic as what Deirdre did yeah. in climbing this incredible monolith, but um y- you could do anything, you could at least try. And that comes across in the movie. I interview her I interview Alex, he's actually in the film, he happened to be on Yosemite when we were there filming and he agreed to do a little cameo and he talks about fear and getting over fear and just being in awe of what his mom has done, you know, somebody who had always done, you know, had all these intellectual pursuits, and then all of a sudden has become a bit of an athlete. Yeah. And she has continued to do this throughout the world. She's climbing all over Europe and she's getting ready to do the Camino uh, de Santiago mm-hmm. walk yeah. with a couple of other very senior women yeah. uh, in the fall. She just found this new spark uh, in her life. And and the story about it is just amazing, so it was fun.
0: You know, I'm curious. Uh, there were times in that movie, Free Solo, that Alex was brutally honest about his mom and dad and the way their family functioned. Yes. And, you know, as older people, we have to come to grips that our children view their childhoods differently than we do. They and all experience it's not always, it differently. Exactly. It's not always easy to hear what they have to say. So clearly she, Deirdre, is an extraordinary woman. But when that movie came out, was that hard for her to hear those things?
2: Yeah, it, it's an interesting dynamic that she has uh, with her son and her, she has a daughter as well um, who is extremely private. But she talks in my film about her marriage and how difficult it was and how awful it became and how she tried so hard to try to figure out how she could make it better, and it didn't work. And she Mm -hmm. eventually had to get, you know, she got divorced. And um, the dynamic between she and her husband and the dynamic of the family is talked about uh, in this film. And Mm. it it is interesting that, you know, at one point Deirdre said to me that, you know, in today's world, I think that my husband probably would have been diagnosed on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Looking back, you know, you look back then that wasn't even talked about, but he had severe issues in communication Um, and he was an interesting guy. And she, you know, she dedicated her book to him. She appreciates him. She appreciates the fact that he gave her two tremendous, wonderful children But he was a very, very difficult person to deal with, Hmm. and she did that for a couple of decades to her detriment at times. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think it is hard for her, but I don't think that she and her kids sit down and talk about those types of things in a deep way. So this is very uh, cathartic for her. You know, watching his film, making her film, reading his books, reading her book, it, it. you get the sense that they're learning about one another through their stories. It, it's very, very interesting. But yeah. yeah, he was brought up in a household that allowed him to be who he wanted to be, and for that, I give her incredible kudos yeah. around her mothering technique because she was a, you know, she's a an academic person. She was a professor taught, Mm -hmm. you know, she speaks many languages, teaches many languages. And um, for Alex to come to her and say, I'm sorry, mom, I don't want to go to Berkeley. I want to go climb. And and as much angst as that gave her, she was, uh, she just understood that this is what her child needed. He needed to find his own path, not her path. And she allowed him gave him her van and allowed him to go off to wherever it was that he was going to climb, not really understanding what it all entailed, Mm -hmm. which was her discovery about in order for me to understand more about my son and what it is that he's doing, I think I'll go try this out. Alex, (laughs) take me to the climbing gym and show (laughs) me what this is. And then she caught the bug. Yeah, that's amazing. Really really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I
0: wonder if her amygdala is a little bit, you know,
2: like she's looking for injured the same way he was. <laughs> I would tell you that I think I, yes, because <laughs> every single thing she does, she does 150%. Mm. Okay. Like she is committed to making it happen no matter what the obstacles are. So she, she's very unusual that way. Yeah. And, and I you know, meeting Alex, he's very much like his mom. Yeah. Uh. You know, and if you sat them down together and said, are you two alike? They would probably say, no, no, <laughs> no. They're very, very much alike in my book.
1: Melissa, well, in your film, do you talk about how she's evolved as a human being since the time that the movie about Alex was released?
2: Yes, we talk about you know, exactly what happened after that film, um, you know, and how she got into this, what happened? How did she get onto a rock wall in Sacramento, California? And then what came after that? And what came from it is a whole new life. She has all these new friends, younger, same age, older, men, women, um, who are now all her climbing partners. And it has, you know, brought her into a whole new life, you know, in her seventies. Yeah. And, you know, it's just remarkable to see somebody, you know, grab on to life with so much gusto and say, Hey, I want to do this. Let's do it. Yeah. And and I wouldn't be surprised if five years from now it's something else with her. She will she will move on to something else.
0: You know, I'm always so impressed with older people who take on what seems to be insurmountable tasks. I, yes. And Melissa, you did that in a way as well. I mean, talk about your journey as a filmmaker with us.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I w- I did not go to film school. <laughs> I knew nothing about filmmaking. The only thing I knew about film was that, that I loved it. I loved every aspect of watching a film critiquing a film, reading about a film, how it was directed, how it was lighted, etc. Um, and I was that way from the time I was a kid. So, um, you know, when I went from non-profit to for-profit and ended up for a little over two decades in the corporate world, um, I was a, a senior executive in a, in a large national company. And I got into the groove of that. It was sort of nothing that i planned but once again i ended up there and it was a great great experience great job i really enjoyed it i had a lot of responsibility and i learned a lot about myself and and how to run a business and uh when i turned 65 i really started to wonder about what was going to be next i didn't need to leave i could have stayed there was Mm -hmm. no no ageism there um, and I was not pressured into leaving, but it hit me one day that, oh, wow, here I am at this calendar age. <laughs> Is this it? Am I going to die at this desk and just do this? And this will be, that'll be the obituary. She worked at Gen X. Um, and and it, I just started to make a list of all the things I wanted to do. And and it was fantasy, you know, like play a saxophone or, you know, do yeah. this, do that, yeah. be in a play, write a book. And filmmaking kept creeping up like, well, why wouldn't I? And that was it. The The answer was, well, why would I don't know why I wouldn't? Why wouldn't I try? Here I am, 65, probably the smartest I've been with the most experience to date. Um, I know how to organize and make things and develop things for customers. Why couldn't I develop a film? Um, so that's what I did. I quit my job and. I became a filmmaker and decided that the safest route was to do a film about older women because I was an older woman and I wanted to showcase the fact that we're still relevant and that we still have a lot of juice left to try new things. And that was the first film, Beyond 60, where I interviewed nine women and and told their stories.
1: Melissa, clearly being a filmmaker is not a simple thing, or I guess everybody would do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here now, nearing the completion of your second film, what do you wish you had known? What would you go back and tell yourself at the beginning of your first film?
2: I think I would tell myself it's probably going to be difficult in the ways that you think it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And it was. (laughs) And um, to have patience that when I was in the corporate world, everything that I developed and built uh, for a customer base um, needed to be done very quickly. Uh, and in the filmmaking world, everything is slowed down. Like everything is in slow motion. And that's not the way I had been operating for decades. Okay. <laughs> so it, my, I would tell myself, be very patient. Do not expect that you are going to have control over the outcome of dates or what needs to be done at a certain <laughs> period in time. Um, learn patience. And, and I did, I have learned patience. I'm still impatient at times uh, when things aren't going my way, but I am much more relaxed about schedules and timing and expectations around when things get done because you need to bring in a lot of people to help you, you know, finalize this film and and get it ready to be put out there. And you know, you're working with other people's timelines. So I've learned a lot of patience through this process.
1: Do you think you're ready to move on to something else now?
2: I think I might be, you know, (laughs) I'm always asked, well, what's your next film? Well, I don't have a next film yet. I'm not one of those people that does two at the same time. I don't know how they do that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, But I am, knowing that this is coming to a conclusion, I am starting to say, well, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. Because I can't do nothing. I, I've figured that out in my life. I can't do nothing. Yeah, you um, can play the sax. I, yeah, I, well, <laughs> you know what I'm worried about is I don't read music. So no. I thought, well, that could take a while that to figure take, out, but I still patience. would like to play with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm thinking about writing a book and a novel, not a book about older women, because there are plenty of them out there, but a novel, maybe a mystery oh, uh, that would include older women in it. Uh, in a way that would be rather interesting. So I am playing with that and making notes about it. Great. I would not say no if somebody came to me and said, we want you to direct this film for us. Mm-hmm. That would be my next best thing, is that if I don't have to develop it myself and pay for it myself, it would be wonderful if somebody came to me and say, we like your work, please come do this film for us. I would absolutely jump at the chance to do that.
0: Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. We're excited for you as you release this film.
2: So, where do you think we'll be able to catch it? Uh, when it is done, we will begin the arduous process of submitting to film festivals. So, to for people to just to stay tuned with me, either climbing into life or beyond sixty on Instagram, Facebook, we'll start to show you where this film is going to be uh, screening. And then it will probably go the same route as Beyond 60 and end up on all of the streaming platforms that are out there.
0: And if any of our audience is curious to see your other documentary, Beyond 60, I know they can see it in an
2: airplane because I saw somebody said they watched it while they were flying somewhere. But how else could they see it? They can see it on Apple TV. They can see it on Prime Video, Hulu, um, Google TV. I'm trying to, Vimeo, Voodoo, Biblio, it's it's almost everywhere. Just go to the search bar and put in Beyond 60 and spell out S-I-X-T-Y.
0: That's amazing. Well, as always, you and your projects are such inspirations to all of us. Thanks so much for shining a light on these amazing older individuals.
2: Thank you.
1: You know, sometimes I marvel at the kinds of people we are able to speak with his guests on The Grand Life.
0: I know Melissa is an inspiration and so are her films and the people in them. I forgot to ask her, though, if she hired a crew to climb up beside Deirdre or use a drone. Or maybe she just sat and talked to her at the bottom of El Capitan. What do you think?
1: I think that she can make a fascinating movie without any of the kinds of expensive or dangerous things you're talking about. But m- maybe she stretched her wings, so to speak, on this one and oh, did some yeah. of the hard stuff.
0: Uh, You know, I I don't have any desire to climb rocks, but we both have hopes and dreams for the future, and and we'll do what we can to see them through.
1: Now, one of those dreams was to do a podcast, and so here we are, nearing the end of our fifth year of doing podcast episodes. And the next thing we're going to be spending time on and focusing our efforts on is called Speakeasy. Now, we'll have more information coming soon, but if you are interested in being in a small group discussion where we sort of close the curtain and we talk about grandparenting without the listening ears of our adult children, drop us email, GrandLifeConnection, all one word, at gmail.com.
0: And you'll be hearing more about it on this podcast and also through Facebook and Instagram. If you have something you'd like to do but haven't yet, please feel free to call us at 317-572-7876 or write to us on Facebook at the Grand Life Facebook page. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And
1: I'm Mike Morgan.
0: And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life.
1: Next time on The Grand Life. Much like the Boy Scouts have merit badges, these are badges that uh, grandkids earn. Uh, when they do certain activities with their grandparents. Take a walk, uh, ride a bike, visit the zoo, visit the aquarium, that sort of thing. Take these badges, put them on the uh, relevant page in the book, write about it, draw a picture about it, and create a keepsake uh, that will be memories of times that they spent with their uh, grandparents for
2: years to come. That's next time on The Grand Life.